So today, I'll be doing a topic, and that topic will be the giving of the law. Even all of it was credited to Moses, while grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now, I would like to say thank you for all the online listeners that are actually listening and for all those that download my segments and actually take the time to listen to it. So again, I would like to say thank you. So today, I'll be reading from the book of King James. So that's the Bible that I will always be reading from. So let's start our segment today. And as I said, that the topic today will be the giving of the law. Even all of it was credited to Moses, while grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible ascribes the giving of the law to Moses, which is confirmed in Mark chapter 7, verse 10, John chapter 7, verse 19. So let's read it for confirmation. So please turn your scriptures to Mark chapter 7, verse 10, and then we'll go into John 7, verse 19. For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother, and whoso curseth father or mother, let him die the death. So let's turn to John chapter 7, verse 19. Did not Moses give you the law, and yet none of you keepeth the law? Why go ye about to kill me? So based on what I read in John 7 verse 19, one will see who came from the tribe of Levi. We are told that grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, which can be confirmed in John chapter 1 verse 17. So let's turn to John chapter 1 and we'll read from verse 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So what we just read has informed us that the giving of the law, even all of it, was credited to Moses, while grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now, the following truth was given to us in Ephesians chapter 2, from verse 8 to 9. So let's read it. So turn your scriptures to Ephesians chapter 9. Ephesians chapter 2, sorry, and we'll read from verse 8 to 9.
For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So let's also read St. Paul's epistle to Bishop Titus for the following additional truths. So let's read Titus chapter 3 from verse 4 to 5. So please turn your scriptures to Titus chapter 3 from verse 4 to 5. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior towards man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Now what we learn from the scriptures is that the law was given by Moses, but what we also know is that the said scriptures, that God's true lawgiver must come from the tribe of Judah. That statement can be verified from Moses and King David's writings. So let's read Genesis chapter 49, verse 10. So turn your scriptures to Genesis 49, verse 10. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. And from Psalms 60, verse 7, for confirmation. So turn your Bibles to Psalms. 60 verse 7 for confirmation. Gilead is mine and Manus is mine. Ephraim also is the strength of my head. Judah is my lawgiver. Now the said information in Psalm 60 verse 7 is also recorded in Psalm 108 verse 8. So turn your scriptures to Psalm 108 and we'll read verse 8. Gilead is mine. Manus is mine. Ephraim also is the strength of my head. Judah is my lawgiver. And we have proof in the book of Isaiah chapter 42 verse 1 and 4. For additional confirmation so let's turn our scriptures to the book of isaiah and we'll read chapter 42 verse 1 and 4 for additional proof behold my servants whom i uphold my elect in whom my soul delighted i have put my spirit upon him he shall bring forth judgment to the gentiles he shall not fail nor be discouraged till he have set judgment in the earth, and the isles shall wait for his law. Moreover, from prophet Isaiah, we have the following relevant confirmation in Isaiah 51, verse 4. So please turn your scriptures to Isaiah 51, and we'll read verse 4. Hearken unto me, my people, and give air unto me, O my nation, for a law shall proceed from me, and I will make my judgment to rest for a light of the people. So from the scriptures we just read, 
it must be understood that God's true lawgiver was divinely destined to come from the tribe of Judah, as can be confirmed in Genesis 49 verse 10, Psalm 60 verse 7, Psalm 108 verse 8. Also, a law shall proceed from Jesus Christ, as we read in Isaiah 42 verse 4 and Isaiah 51 verse 4 as confirmation. Now, if Moses, who hails from the tribe of Levi, was credited with being the giver of the law, as we read in John 1 verse 17, one would also expect that what Moses said was subject to be confirmed, amended, or repealed by Jesus Christ, the God-ordained lawgiver. Because of what was stated shortly for confirmation, let's turn to Galatians chapter 3, verse 19, and read. Wherefore then serveth the law, it was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. So from Galatians 3.19 passage, Therefore, we know that the law had an interim jurisdiction until the seed, Jesus Christ, came. Now that Christ has come, the role of the law must be relegated to the ministry of ministering to the unregenerate, which 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 to 11 states. So let's turn our scriptures to 1 Timothy chapter 1, and we'll read from verse 9 to 11. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defy themselves with mankind, for men-stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to song doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. Now, in addition to the other God-ordained rules for which it was ordained, that's what we read in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 to 11. Now, I would like to address my colleagues on the left who falsely teach that the law of God is divided into two separate segments, with Moses being credited with being the giver of the ceremonial law, while God is credited with being the giver of the moral law. But nothing could be further from the truth. For what John wrote in John 1, 17, that the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, which was confirmed by Jesus Christ in his earthly teaching ministry. Now the following are two examples taken from the Gospels will surely support the statement I just made. So let's turn to Mark chapter 7 verse 10 and read it. For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother, and whoso cursed father or mother, let him die the death. 
So what I just read in Mark chapter 7 verse 10 is quite clear. As Jesus, the builder of his church, ascribes the giving of the law to honor one's father and one's mother to Moses. Now for the second example, which is taken from the gospel according to St. John, Jesus is one of his encounters with the Jews. Ask the following questions, which is found in John 7 verse 19. So let's turn to John 7 verse 19. Did not Moses give you the law? And yet none of you keep it the law? Why go ye about to kill me? Now the implication is clear. Jesus has inferred in the above verse in John 7:19 that Moses gave them the law, even the law that says, Thou shalt not kill, which can be found in Exodus chapter 20, verse. 13 and Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 17 which is without doubt one of the ten commandments now I hope the scriptures given is enough evidence to support the doctrinal position is in fact correct but for those who might still need additional scriptures to confirm my position that God knows nothing about there being two laws for when Jesus was circumcised, the following was said of him. Let's turn to Luke chapter 2, verse 22 to 24. So Luke chapter 2, verse 22 to 24. And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now, online listeners, I hope that whilst I was reading, you realize that the law of Moses in verse 22 is replaced by the law of the Lord in verses 23 and 24, respectively. For those who missed it, please allow me to read it again. So turn to Luke chapter 2, verse 22 to 24. And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, Every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the law, and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So what we just read, we know that the artificial division of the law into moral and ceremonial segments is totally heretical, to say the least, and must be rejected by those who love the truth. Now, apart from the fact that Jesus' teaching has exposed the heretical position of our colleagues on the left, the Old Testament is replete with evidence that God knows nothing about this two laws teaching of our Seventh-day Adventist friends who claim 
that one law is moral while the other is ceremonial. Now, to prove the folly of the Seventh-day Adventist position that the Bible has two laws, namely the moral law and the ceremonial law. Now, I have one question that the Seventh-day Adventist can answer for me, please. The question is, which category will the dietary laws be placed into as the dietary laws was given to the children of Israel by God and it is cataloged in Leviticus chapter 11 or in Deuteronomy chapter 14. So the question asked, are those dietary laws moral or ceremonial? So online listeners, we all know that that artificial division was concocted by the Seventh-day Adventists to strengthen and highlight the Sabbath commandment upon which the Seventh-day Adventist religion was built. Notwithstanding, they, their attempt to elevate the Sabbath commandment above its God-ordained status from Leviticus chapter 23, it is a well-established fact that the seven-day Sabbath is a ceremonial feast. Now, if the seven-day Sabbath is indeed a feast or festival, as Leviticus chapter 23, verse 1 to 3, or 44 suggests, it must be a ceremonial law also, as the other feasts listed in Leviticus 23, 1 to 44. So, what I would like you online listeners to do is to please read the scriptures to understand for yourself. So, it's Leviticus 23, verse 1 to 3, or 44, which suggests it must be a ceremonial law. And then also, yeah, you could read the entire scripture, Leviticus 23, from verse 1 to 44, right? Now, apart from Jesus' teaching, which shows that Moses was indeed the lawgiver, as we read in Mark chapter 7, verse 10, or John chapter 7, verse 19. Please note that the Old Testament scriptures abound with evidence that Moses was indeed the lawgiver. The following are proofs to relate this statement. So proof number one. Let's turn to Numbers 21, verse 18. So turn your scriptures to Numbers 21 verse 18 the prince digged a well the nobles of the people digged it by the direction of the lawgiver with their staves and from the wilderness they went to matana now let's turn for proof number two to exodus 24 verse 3 to 5 and verse 78. So turn to Exodus 24, verse 3 to 5, and 78. And Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments. And all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which the Lord had said will we do. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord and rose up early in the morning and building an altar under the hill and 12 pillars. 
according to the 12 tribes of Israel. From verse 78, And he took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people, and they said, All that the law had said will we do, and be obedient. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people, and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant which the Lord had made with you concerning all these words. Now, what I would like everyone to do is to take note. Take note that Moses wrote all the words of the Lord in a book, as we read in Exodus 24, verse 4. Then he took the book of the covenant in Exodus 24, verse 7, as we read, and after having sprinkled the people with the blood, said, Behold, the blood of the covenant which the Lord made with you concerning all these words, as we read in Exodus 24, verse 8. Now, concerning the fact that Moses was the God-ordained lawgiver, we have the following straightforward evidence found in Nehemiah 10, 29, which I will read to confirm. So turn your scriptures to Nehemiah 10, 29. They claimed to their brethren, their nobles, and entered into a curse and into an oath to walk in God's law, which was given by Moses, the servant of God, and to observe and do all the commandments of the Lord our Lord and his judgments and his statutes. Also, from the book of Chronicles, we have the following confirmation that Moses was indeed the God-ordained lawgiver. So let's read Chronicles 33, verse 8. So that's First Chronicles 33, verse 8. Second Chronicles 33, verse 8. Sorry. So it's Second Chronicles 33, verse 8. Neither will I any more remove the foot of Israel from out of the land which I have appointed for your fathers, so that they will take heed to do all that I have commanded them, according to the whole law and the statutes and the ordinances by the hand of Moses. To further convince all online listeners, that Moses was indeed the lawgiver, I will tender one final proof which can be found in 2 Chronicles 34, verse 14. So let's read 2 Chronicles 34, verse 14. And when they brought out the money that was brought into the house of the Lord, Hilkiah, the priest, found a book of the law of the Lord given by Moses. Now the fact that the law, even the first, covenant is one whole unit we have the following confirmation from the new testament which is hebrews chapter 9 verse 1 so let's turn to hebrews chapter 9 verse 1 Then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. 
Now, if as is recorded in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 1, that the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary, consisting as it did of the tabernacle services recorded in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 2 to 10, we are sure that God knew nothing about there being two laws in the Bible, namely the moral law and the ceremonial law. As I mentioned prior, this artificial division of the law was concocted, no doubt, by the leadership of the Seventh-day Adventists to hide the fact that according to Leviticus 23 verse 1 to 44, the Seventh-day Sabbath is without doubt listed as a ceremonial feast or festival. So if anyone who reads Leviticus 23 from verse 1 to 44 must be convinced that the seven-day Sabbath, like all the other Sabbaths and festivals mentioned in about ceremonial shadows, proof of this can be confirmed by reading Colossians chapter 2, verse 16 to 17, focusing on verse 17. Online listeners, after having settled the erroneous two laws issue, I can now state categorically that since the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, since salvation is by grace through faith as stated in Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 9, let's read that for confirmation. So turn to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 to 9. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So, as we just read, it stands to reason that the first covenant, even the law, though holy, just, and good, with its Levitical priesthood, as Hebrews chapter 7 verse 11 had to be replaced by the better covenant which was linked to the Melchizedek priesthood which provided the necessary grace to save lost humanity. Undoubtedly, if one should read Luke chapter 16 verse 16, you will understand that this is the message that is being communicated to us today. As I close, I would like to remind my colleagues on the left to please believe and act upon Matthew chapter 11 verse 13 or Luke chapter 16 verse 16 and become beneficiaries of this great salvation which God is offering to lost humanity 
through the better covenant of the gospel of the kingdom as Luke chapter 16 verse 16 states. I would like to say thank you for listening to my segments and please continue preparing yourselves for Jesus Christ's return as we are in the sixth dispensation. I will be live next week, Wednesday, and I would love for you listeners to please spread this segment, spread the word that I just gave, just as I am sure you understood and learned something new today. Please share the segment so other persons too can hear and make the necessary adjustments to receive their salvation. So I will be live again on Wednesday next week for the same time, 11.30 a.m. So thank you again for listening and bye.